I have in my life what feels to be like some built-in, already there needs and desires that I, I want fulfilled. And I believe you have the same thing. You have similar things in your life. Um, and I am driven to fulfill those needs because I feel like in my life, nobody knows me better than I know me. Nobody knows what I want, what I think about, what, what I desire better than me. So I have this tendency to go with my plan to make this work. And we're going to call that for this series, Plan A. Plan A says this, I'm going to do it my way. It's all my way. I know me best. I, I can decide what's right. I can take care of that. It's going to be my way. Now, the problem with this, I was on the my way, the Plan A, all my way for years and years and years. And what I realized for me was at the end of plan A, I was still empty. I was still dissatisfied. So then I would look around me at that point and I would see other people working plans. And I'd be like, listen, they've got what I want. They've achieved what I want. They have what I want. Maybe if I do what they're doing, I can get it. So that's plan B. And plan B says this, okay, my way didn't work, so I'll go with their way. I'll do what they're doing, and maybe I can achieve and have what they have. Similar results, right? And the reality is, yeah, yeah. I, if I do what they're doing, I can get what they've got. But the problem is, I'm going to get not what I see that they have. I'm going to get what I can't see that they have. And that is the very same thing I got with my plan. They have achieved for themselves as well emptiness and dissatisfaction. And that's exactly what plan B will get me as well. Emptiness and dissatisfaction. I do believe that God has created us with these deep desires. And God actually has designed those things himself. Created them orchestrated them, placed them into our lives. And they are there for a very specific purpose, I believe. They are there to drive us toward himself, to drive us toward God. Because God created those desires in such a way that he ultimately is the only one that can satisfy and meet those desires and those needs. They drive us towards him. The problem is we stop short of him and we go with another plan. We go with another plan. You see, from a very young age, we are wired to try to meet those needs and satisfy those desires ourselves. So when plan A doesn't work, and then we go with plan B, and plan B doesn't work, then we are left with plan C, which plan C says this. There's no way out. I mean, nothing has worked. And we say to ourselves, well, maybe I'm just going to have to get used to being empty. And maybe I'm just going to have to be okay with being depressed and get used to discouragement and hopelessness and being dissatisfied, which very quickly leads us to plan D. And plan D says, well, if I'm going to have to be miserable in this life, I'm just going to have to dull the pain numb the pain, drown the pain some way, somehow. But God the whole time is saying, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. You stopped your journey short. You were on your way toward me and you stopped short. Don't go with plan A, B, C, D. There's another plan. And for us in this series, we're calling that plan E. 
And it's God's plan. The first week of the series, we said Jesus told us how this plan works. And basically, it's this. Jesus said, love me with everything of who you are. Love me with your whole self, your whole life. Everything that makes you, you, use that to love me, Jesus said. And then he said the second part of plan E, the second part is this. So the first part, love me with everything you've got. The second part is then look around you and love people around you. That's plan E. And actually, for God, it's plan A for God. And the funny thing is, it was there the whole time. It's been there all along. So the first week we introduced you to this experiment that we're doing called the 60-60 experiment. You've got a sticky note inside your worship guide. Here's why we're teaching you this. This was taught to me and it has influenced and impacted me and I am doing my best to share this with you as accurately as possible because I believe it's going to influence and impact you as well. Here's what the 60-60 experiment basically says. Every 60 minutes of your awake day, while you're awake, will you pause once an hour, every 60 minutes, once an hour, and will you say, God, this hour belongs to you. This is your hour. Will you lead me? Will you guide me? I'm going to do my best to say yes to you. This is your hour. Pausing moment by moment to stay connected with God. And then we ask you as part of this experiment to create some reminders. So like on your phone, we ask you, would you set a vibration alarm to go off every hour during your awake day just to vibrate? And that alarm going off will remind you, pause, give this hour to God and say, God, this is yours. And then we said, would you take the sticky note in your worship guide? And then would you grab some more sticky notes just from Walmart and, and write 6060 on them and place them in significant places where you will see them throughout your day so that also your alarm and then the combination of seeing these sticky notes that say, remember 6060, you are reminded moment by moment to pause and give that moment to God. Say, God, this is your moment. Now, last week, in week number two, we talked about this. We showed you how God, Jesus himself, has taught us how to have this ongoing conversation with God. So when you pause in that moment, you can, you can be developing this ongoing conversation with God. And Jesus told us how to have a conversation like this with God. Now, he said, as he began this process, he said, listen, don't just memorize a prayer. Don't just memorize a prayer and then babble that back to God. He said, that's not really what we're talking about. He said, that's, that's, not, that's not a relationship. That's a script. That, that, that's, that's not a relationship. That's more like a robot. And God doesn't want you to be following script or robot type behavior. He says, I want with you a relationship. So Jesus said, as we talked about last week, he said, as you begin this conversation with God, make sure you admit, say, God, you are God and I'm not. You're God and I'm not. In fact, God, this is your kingdom and you are king of this kingdom and I am not. Because I tried to replace you as king. I tried to fire you as king. And I tried to become the king of my own kingdom. And that's plan A and plan B. And it didn't work. Plan C and D are right in there too. That didn't work. 
So God, I'm now going to fire myself. I'm going to step down off the throne, and I'm going to let you be king over your kingdom and my kingdom. Jesus said, that's how you start your conversation with God. That should be a part of this ongoing conversation with God. And you might say, okay, Harley, listen, I hear what you're saying, and that makes sense to me. Yes, God has this big kingdom, and God is concerned with these great, big, mighty, huge things in his kingdom on this earth. Things like, yes, he's concerned that his creation, which includes us, um, would have devotion towards him as our king. And God is concerned with these big things like the world leaders and their decisions that they make and the governments that they lead. God is concerned, very much concerned with these big things. And God is concerned with this big, this big thing called spreading the gospel to the ends of the earth, to all the people groups on this earth. That's a big thing, and God is concerned with this. He's concerned with all these details of the world. And because of that, God really doesn't have time to bother with anything concerning me. I mean, except, I mean, possibly he's concerned with my personal compliance and submission to God. But outside of that, he's got these big world things to consider. Okay. So I, I hear what you're saying. And I can understand how you would struggle, because I have as well struggled with that at times. That God has all of this to be concerned about. I understand that. So much to the point that he just doesn't have time for me. The little thing. I mean, yes, he wants me to submit. But outside of that, I understand how that could be what you think. But that's not what Jesus says. That's not what Jesus said. And and as Jesus was teaching us how to have this conversation with God, Jesus said, listen, talk to God about even the little fine details of your life. I mean, down to the itty-bitty, nitty-gritty details of your life. Here's how he said it. He said, when you talk to God, tell him this in Matthew 6, Um, Verse 11, give us today the food we need. Now, so often we don't have to worry about food. But you know what? In the first century, they had to worry pretty much about every meal, every day. That was heavy on their mind. It was a pressing, pressing thought. So lock this into your thinking this morning. Jesus is telling us, To take what is heavy on our mind, what is concerning us, what what has us anxious, what has us uneasy, those thoughts that are heavy on your heart and on your mind right now, take those, and Jesus is saying, and talk with God about that. Jesus is actually encouraging us to develop this ongoing conversation which includes talking with God about everything, everything that occupies our minds. You see, God is bigger than we think he is. 
God can handle the giant concerns of the world, the wars, the governments, the nations, the world leaders, and at the very same time, he can handle what is heavy on your heart and your mind right now. Peter learned well from Jesus, and he says basically the same thing, 1 Peter 5, verse 7. Peter said, give all your worries and your cares to God, for he cares about you. Why would God take the time to bother with the little things that are heavy on my mind? And the answer, because that's where I really live. And God wants to do life with me. That's why. Think about it this way. If your child were up late, late, late at night, and they were worrying about what's going to happen the next day at school, I mean, worrying so much that their stomachs were just all twisted up in knots. I mean, they're worrying. How would that impact you as a mother? How would that impact you? Dad, if you knew that your little girl was in tears over how her so-called friends are treating her. Would that draw you closer to her? Or instead, would you say, listen, honey, I've got much bigger things to deal with, so you're just going to have to suck it up, buttercup. No, I don't think you would do that. I think you would run to her side. And that is the very reason why God wants you to see him as your heavenly father. Even the little details of your life matter deeply to him. Do you know why? Because they matter to you. Now think with me. It's usually those same little details that are so heavy on our minds that actually turn us away from God. Because they capture our thoughts all day long through the day. We just can't get away from them. They grab our attention and they consume us. They consume us so much that we push God away out of our mind because we are trying to deal with this ourselves. And Jesus is reminding us instead Instead of allowing these things to pull us away from God or to push God away, instead, Jesus says, let's do the opposite. And let's take these little things that are so consuming our minds and our hearts, let's take those directly to God. Now, Jesus goes on as he's teaching. He's saying, while you're talking to God, now we're going to go even deeper right here, okay? He says, while you're talking to God, Jesus says this, to say this, and forgive us our sins. And the reason is because we need forgiveness. I mean, we blow it. We know the right thing to do, but we don't do it. We know what God our Father has asked us to do. We may not know it all, but we know a lot of it. We know enough of it. We know what he's asked us to do. He said, don't do this. 
And we do it. He says, I want you, though, to do this. And guess what? We say, I'm not going to do that. Nope. I I don't want to do that. And you can't make me do that. Well, maybe you can, but you're probably not going to make me do that. I don't want to do that. You see, we know what our Heavenly Father has said many things. He has said that this behavior is dangerous to our well-being. He said, don't do that. And we have said back to him, uh-uh, I'm going to do it anyway. And we do it. We all, myself included, disobey our Heavenly Father. Now, one of the greatest Christ followers to have ever lived, I, I believe, in my opinion, is his, he's called the Apostle Paul. And he described himself as the worst of sinners. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You got that wrong. You're not the worst of sinners. You're the best Christ follower maybe to have ever lived. And Paul's like, nope, I'm the worst of sinners. He's saying when we choose to ignore God and instead we do what we want, eventually doing what we want catches up with us. And when it does, we feel like a failure. And here's just the honest scenario here. Even when we're doing the 60-60 experiment, yeah, I fail there as well. I am hardly ever where I want to be emotionally and spiritually when my 60-60 alarm goes off in my pocket. And I think to myself, wow. I mean, it was just... Like a, it seems like a minute ago that, that alarm went off and I said, God, I want you to have this hour. And now the hour's gone and I realize God didn't have that hour. I had the hour. And I think to myself, I failed. Wow, how quickly we drift from God. And as we realize that, that can, that can make us want to quit, want to give up on doing the 60-60 experiment. And if you're like me, I usually, when I have been feeling this way, I want to quit because I begin to think that my job, my job is to change. My job is I've got to change myself. I've got to be better. I've got to do what God wants me to do. He's created me to do. I've got to do that. I've got to be better at that. But that thought is wrong. I was not created to change me into a better me. You were not created to make yourself better and to be a better person here in this world. You were not created to make yourself better. I was created to connect with God. And when I do connect with God, it is God who makes me from the inside out. It's God who does the changing in me. You see, Paul described himself as the worst of sinners. But he also said this, listen to this, in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 16. This is Paul describing. He said, but God had mercy on me. And he says, why? So that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst sinners. That's how he's describing himself. That God's patient with me 
It's an example of his patience in me, the worst of sinners. And he goes on. Then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. Paul is saying, we can't do it. And do you know what? As he is doing it, he has patience with us. Some of you this morning, this may be the one thing you need to hear. God has so much patience with you as you are journeying with him. And we feel like failure, so, so much like failures as we go through something like the 60-60 experiment. God has so much patience with us. And listen to this. Therefore, we must have patience with ourselves as well. You see, we are not going to become everything that God has created you to become or created me to become. We're not going to become that overnight. So, stay connected to God moment by moment. You can't do anything about last week. You can't do anything about last night. It's done. You cannot even do anything about next week. All you have is right now, this moment. So stay connected to God in this moment, moment by moment. And here's what you need to do. Let God help you do the next right thing. You see, it's a sure bet that we're going to fail. It's a sure bet that we're going to sin. But that's why Jesus said, ask forgiveness. And you have this moment to do the next right thing right now. Let's talk about what happens with this sin thing. As a parent, let's imagine this scenario. Imagine you as a parent and your child, doesn't matter if they're an adult child, a teenage child, or a little child child. Your child disobeys you. You say to them, don't do this. But that's what they do. They do it anyway. They know it's wrong, so more than likely they try to hide it. But let's say they don't want to stop it. They keep doing it. The same thing you said don't do, they did it, and now they're going to keep doing it. And you kind of know that it's going on. They kind of know that you know what's going on. They're trying to hide it, not doing a great job, but they keep doing it. They keep doing it. They keep doing it. They're holding on to it and really releasing anything you said about it. I'm not going to do that. I'm doing this, and they're holding on to it. They're unwilling to stop. What happens to your relationship with your child? Distance begins to develop between the two of you, between the parent, between the child. Your relationship is harmed. Your relationship is hindered. The relationship is not gone. It's still there. There is still a relationship, but it is interrupted and it is uh, developing distance. But let's say your child, something changes within them. And they come back to you and they ask you with humility, they ask you in a humble spirit to forgive them. 
They admit that they were wrong. They admit that they disobeyed. And with humility, they become willing, once again, willing to follow you, willing to submit to you, to your authority. And no longer is your child holding on to that behavior, that action, that attitude. No longer. Now your child lets it go. And at that moment, you, the parent, do what? More than likely, you forgive them. You embrace them. And in that moment, closeness is restored inside of your relationship with your child. At that moment, your direction and your guidance is restored inside of that relationship. Because that's how relationship works between a parent and a child. And that is the same as your relationship and my relationship with God. We must stay willing to learn and willing to respond. And when we do, we grow. But if we keep resisting God, if we keep ignoring God, then our spiritual hearts become very hard. Our spiritual ears will then soon we won't be able to hear anything that God is saying. And we're going to feel this distance between us and God. Now here's this next thing that Jesus says. This is a deep, deep nugget. Deep nugget. Jesus doesn't end his forgiveness talk right here with that phrase. As you talk to God, he says, add this. Jesus says, ask God to forgive us. And then he says, how? As we have forgiven those who sin against us. Jesus ends this forgiveness thing with this powerful, powerful statement. He says to ask God to forgive you with the same measure of forgiveness that you offer the people who have hurt you. Wow. Can that be any more clear? So Jesus has told us the greatest command is this, that we love God with everything about ourselves, every part of you. And then he says the second command is equal to the first. Jesus says this, now love others around you. Because he said those two things, it should not be a surprise to us that God says forgive others around you like I have forgiven you. And then he puts it this way. Jesus, God puts it this way. He says it here. God will forgive you, but with the same measure of forgiveness that you offer the people around you. Love God and love others. Whew. That is huge. Do you see how the 60-60 experiment involves loving God and letting God's love come into your life and flow from you into the lives around you as you love others? Jesus is not done here. He's saying, as you pause and connect with God and have this conversation with God, he goes on. He says, as you talk to God, now get real 
about where you fall in this life, where you stumble. He says, be aware of where you fall, where you stumble, and be aware of why you stumble. Here's how he words it in Matthew 16, verse 13. So as you're talking to God, say this, and don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. The reality for us is so often we stumble and fall because we choose to ignore what God has already told us. And do you know why we ignore that? Because it's not what we want to hear. And if we ignore him long enough, we develop, as Jesus described, ears that can't hear. When we ignore God's warnings about temptation, it harms our relationship with God. He describes that, Paul does, in Ephesians 4. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way that you live. It doesn't take you long as a parent or possibly you as a wife to know that your child or your husband has selective hearing. Listening to you and doing the things that they choose to do. Just like you and me, we get selective hearing with God. You see, we want to hear God answering our prayers. God, I want you to do this. We want him to say, yes. God, please do this. Yes, done. I'll do it. We want to hear God say, yes, I'll do that for you. But we don't want to hear God's will, those things he has already written down in his word, in the Bible for us. We don't want to hear that if it's contrary to what we want to do. Yes, I want to hear you say yes when I ask you to do something, when I pray and say, will you do this? I want to hear you say yes, but the things in your word that I don't want to do, I don't want to hear that. Some of us are more comfortable with the specific direction from God than we are with this general direction from God. Let me tell you what I mean. Specific things, we want to hear God. Some of those things, you know, you, you look in the Bible, you're really not going to find God say, marry this person. But you want to hear God. You, you know, you want that specifically. God, I want you to direct me. I want you, I want to marry the right person, right? I want you to lead me to that right person. I want to hear that. God, I want you to lead me to the right job, your job for me. I want to hear that. It's not in your word. I'm not going to find it in the Bible, but I want you to lead me. I want to hear that. Yes, that specific thing, I want to hear it. I want to hear where you want me to live, all those things. I want to hear that, God. I want to hear that. But we don't want to hear God's general direction that he's already provided for us in Scripture. Like, we don't want to hear this. When he says, don't have sexual touch with someone you're not married to. Ooh, I don't want to hear that. I had plans for this weekend. I don't want to hear that. He takes it further. He says, don't even think about sexual things with someone that you're not married to. Boom, got you all. We don't want to hear that. That's not what we want to hear. We don't want to hear the things like, don't get drunk. We don't want to hear the things like, don't be lazy, stop getting high, serve other people. 
We don't want to hear it when he says in his word, manage the money that God has provided you. Manage that more like it is his money, less like it is your money. We don't want to hear that. Here is a life truth. We don't like to hear it. We think that selective hearing with God is okay. Kind of like a buffet. It's not hurting anybody. I can leave some of that there. I don't have to get some of this. I'll take some of this. God, I like what you said here. I'll take that. I'll take that. And I'll just leave the rest. We think that's okay. Selective hearing with God. I will do this, God. But I'm not going to do that. Now stay with me. Listen to this truth. If we stubbornly plug our ears in one area, if we stubbornly with God plug our ears in one area, then our hands are not free to respond to God in any area. If we stubbornly hold out and say, God, I don't want to do that. I'm not listening to that. La, 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 la. Jesus loves me. This I know. <laughs> For someone told me so. I, I don't want to hear what you're asking me to do. If we hold our hands in our ears so we say, God, I can't hear that. I'm not hearing that. I won't do that. We are not free to respond to God in any area. We think we can. We think we can just say yes to some and no to others, but we're not free to serve God, to respond to God if we're saying no to God. You can't be the hands and feet of Christ if your hands are being used to plug your spiritual ears in any area of your life. And Jesus is telling us, have a conversation with God moment by moment throughout your day and have a heart and a spirit that can say this to God. God, as I stay connected to you, as I stay connected to you, not as I make me a better me, God. No. God, as I stay connected to you, lead me away from tempting situations. Lead me away. As I stay connected to you, lead me away from those tempting situations. I don't want to fall prey to the evil one. And God, as I stay connected to you, give me an inner strength to not turn away from you. Instead, give me an inner strength to pursue your desire, God, and your will. Here's what I'm asking you to do this week. With the 60-60 experiment between you and God, would you be willing as you meet with a huddle or as you meet with your small group, would you be willing to be transparent and share how your 60-60 journey is going? Because a lot of you may be tr wanting to give up on this because you feel like you've failed. But don't stop. Please don't give up. Stay in there. Share your journey so far. 
so that you can be encouraged by the people in your huddle or in your group. And here are some specific steps now this week that I'm asking you to take. Here's the first one. This week, as you think about your, your moment that you pause and talk with God, will you think about this? Talk to God what is heavy on your mind at that moment Instead of letting that heavy thing you're thinking about on your mind or your heart drive you away from God, talk to God about that. Bring it to God. Take that to God. Here's the second thing. Quickly ask God's forgiveness. It's when you do what you want to do instead of what you know God wanted you to do. Be humble and willing to follow him again as you pause this week during that moment. Here's another thing. In your heart, forgive the people who have hurt you during the day. Forgive them. And here's the last thing we're asking you to do. As you pause, listen to what God has already told you in his word. And pay attention to that moment by moment because that is the way out of temptation. That is the way out. So often we think, God, help me get out of this temptation. And God is saying, I provided it for you, but you ignored it and you did it anyway. If we will listen to what God has already said in his word, he is guiding us away from temptation. The Bible tells us that he will always show us a way out. And here's the truth. It is most often in his word that the way out is seen, and you're not going to see it if you're pursuing that temptation. You're not going to see it. You've already walked by it into the temptation, and God says, stop, pay attention to my word, respond to my word, listen to my word, then you won't be pursuing that temptation or whatever that temptation is offering you. Now, I hope you will continue this journey, this 60-60 journey with us. Next week is our last week of this series, but the 60-60 journey is going to go on. You'll just be 30 days in. Some of you who are starting this week will just be one week in. Keep doing it. Now let's pause and let's talk to God right now. Jesus, please. Will you give us peace in our lives in direct proportion to how much we are staying connected to you moment by moment? Father, may we have freedom from sin in our lives in direct proportion to how much we are staying connected to you moment by moment. God, may we have forgiveness in our lives in direct proportion to how we forgive those people who have hurt us. And God, may our stories of faith encourage others in our huddles and in our small groups this week. As we share our journey, our struggles, our failures with them. And as best as we can discern Jesus, we pray these things under your authority. And we ask that you grant everything in accordance to your will and your plan. Give us the wisdom to know what to do with what we have heard. And Father, give us the courage to do it. Amen.